lovely Jackie. How are you? I'm super good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. I am stoked for this conversation. I'm not going to lie. I think when you came back and said, this is what I want to talk about, I was a bit like, that would be such a good topic because nobody (laughs) thinks about it. I can't wait. Good. I hope I deliver. (laughs) I'm a chatterbox. So then this subject gets me on my soapbox because it's so often missed. So be prepared that I might feel passionate about this a little bit. You spread that passion as much as you like. (laughs) Swearing is allowed here. Passion is allowed here. We're all good. So before we jump into the conversation about persuasion triggers, with every guest that I have on the podcast, I like to challenge them to introduce themselves as a human being rather than as uh, what they do for work as a business in 30 seconds or less. And to give it a little bit of spice, uh, if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a small donation to the charity Mind. Do you think you can do it in 30 seconds? Yes. Let's do it. We've we've just had this conversation and you didn't prepare, did you? So I'm I'm really, I'm looking forward to this. (laughs) Right, I've got my stopwatch ready. Three, two... One, go. Hi, I'm Jackie. Uh, I am a wife of one. I mean, I have one husband. I have one child and I have one very small dog. Um, I am turning the big 4-0 this year in a few months' time. So it's a very, very good year for me. I'm totally happy about that coming. I'm not one of those like, oh my God. I'm like, bring it on. Um, and I, some facts you might not know about me is when I was a teenager, I used to play the saxophone and I've played in the Royal Albert Hall and Westminster Abbey. And another fun fact about me is I am an adult gamer. I love video games. <laughs> so there you go. That's me. Amazing. I mean, you did it in 41 seconds. Oh, did I? Dang it. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad though. That's amazing. And I, do you know what? The funniest thing, I'm a wife of one. <laughs> Like you had to clarify, you just yeah. got one husband. Anyone wanted to know? I don't think I could. I don't think they could handle. Maybe I do need two husbands. Maybe that would make life a lot easier. You know, I could spread the stress of being my wife across two men. <laughs> I don't know. Let's try it. Maybe that's what I'll do in my forties. <laughs> I got so much time for that. And honest to God, I wouldn't have said you were forty at all. Oh, thank you. At all, absolutely love it. And I love that you're not. I hear it so much now. Oh, I don't want to turn 30 or I don't want to hit 40. And I'm like, why? Oh, own it. Own it. The older we get, the more comfortable in your skin you are. The more I can get away with my obtuse opinions and my face leak and just generally how potty mouthed I am. I feel like the older I get, the less criticism I get for that. So I'm embracing it. That's so true as well. Because you, you always find... When I love old people, like old, old people, when you see like an 80 year old man in the street and he just does not give a shit and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you do yeah. that. But it's only until you I always find like I, I look at my nan and she's always been like the nan kind of she's always been the cutesy, have a biscuit, have a cup of tea kind of nan. And she's got recently quite poorly and now she's just an absolute potty mouth and she does not give a shit. How great is that? I mean, we should all be doing that more, I think, when the, the younger we are. Because, I mean, the reason why we don't do it is because we're scared of being judged, isn't it? We don't want to offend. And, you know, there is an element of tact that I think you need to find, which maybe we don't know in our late teens, early 20s. Well, I definitely didn't. 
Uh, you know, like when you have that friend that breaks up with that boyfriend and you think he's an idiot and you just tell that friend that you think he's an idiot and then she gets back with him <laughs> two weeks later and then you're like, your friendship is now tainted because of your open opinion about how much of an idiot he was, even though he is an idiot. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that would get me in trouble in my 20s. So I've learned to filter that now, but I still have the opinion, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I now just own it a lot more. So yeah, I embrace it. Oh my God celebrate it it's glorious why not 100 percent. have you got anything planned for your 40th? oh my god i've got the biggest party i cannot tell you <laughs> yeah. and of course we've all been a bit like oh my god is it going to happen because of covid blah, blah 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 so we met with the venue uh like uh, i think february time and obviously everything was so tentative because we were like well this is the plan if we can do it so fast forward to now it's um, at the end of october so it's like relatively soon everyone is chomping at the freaking bits to come because no one's had a party no one's had a wedding no one's had any big celebrations or not with a mass amount of people so I'm like yes it's so perfectly time it's going to be crazy I'm probably going to be drunk for 72 hours <laughs> this sounds like a great birthday yeah. to me <laughs> but I've always I've got one cousin that her birthday's in June and so she celebrates all of June like <laughs> June is just her birthday month and I'm like at what point does that happen because I have a day <laughs> amazing so um let's kind of bring it back a bit I suppose I always do this I always go off on a tangent um but what you're actually here to talk about persuasion triggers so Jackie as you've kind of introduced yourself as a person what do you do as a business who are you how you know how do people work with you yeah so I I help people fix their broken funnels, essentially. Uh, I have an arm of my business, which is Facebook and Instagram ads. And over the last, I think, again, over the last 18 months of this time during COVID and all this exploratory time, I think we've all been through, haven't we, where life and business, we've all been a bit like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, And in that time, I I started to realize that the work that I was doing with one-to-one clients needs a bigger platform because when I ran ads for clients, I never just ran ads. Never. Because you cannot do that. You cannot do that and have success. When you run ads for clients, and just to clarify, my clients are coaches and course creators. So when I run ads for clients, I, I look at everything holistically. I look at whether they've got a good enough offer whether they're packaging up their offer in the right way, whether their landing pages are triggering the right kind of persuasive, um, you know, brain fuses, whether their, you know, their messaging and their angles is going to be worthy enough to stand out in an ad because ads are just an amplifier of what's already there. And 100%. So go on. There's so so many different moving parts though, isn't there? And everybody... Everybody that comes to me and asks me about Facebook ads, it almost kind of, it feels like they think that's going to be the thing that takes a shit offer and makes it better when there's so many parts that go into it. Well, why do so many people say ads don't work for me? And my argument to that always is, well, then why do all the big dogs still use ads? Look at anyone that's at the top of any game, any game, any niche, any game. You're telling me Peloton? you know, at the top of the game for at-home cycle machines. Ads don't work for them, so they're still running ads? Like, they're still trying to work that out? No. You think Grant Cordone, one of the biggest kind of, like, male coaches or the digital entrepreneur space, you think ads don't work for him? That's why he's still dabbling in them? No. They work. 
but they yeah. only work when you plug in the right ingredients. Yeah. Um, and so I started to do a lot of this work for clients one-to-one and offer it as additional services to what we were doing. And to be honest, it made our ads a hell of a lot easier to run because they worked, you know. And in my early days of being an ads manager, you know, I would take people's offers and I would, I would, or their promotions or whatever it might be, and I would just run ads to it. And then what's the ultimate conversation that happens? Oh, sorry, Miss Client, your ads aren't doing too well. Oh, why? Oh, well, the landing page isn't conversing very well. We're sending really good traffic there at really good cost, but you know, your lead cost is coming in sky high. Um, I think it's the landing page. Well, why didn't you tell me it was the landing page? Why didn't you tell me that before you ran the ads? Oh, well, because I didn't think it was my place to say, well, you're the marketing expert. I don't know anything about marketing. So why didn't you tell me? Why have you wasted all my money on a landing page that you knew would flop? And those are the conversations I would have early on. And then I sort of realized pretty quickly, I was like, this is just offering ads is not enough. It's not yeah. enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, I mean, I say this, but actually in the more I say it, I think I'm, this is still isn't a valid case, but let's say Amy Porterfield came me to run her ads. She's already ready established with her offers. She's already established with her brand. She's already established with her messaging. So you can be less stringent with that but the majority of the clients that I work with are not Amy Porterfields you know I've worked with yeah. big names but they're not you know sitting there at the top of the tree so you have to get this right you have to find a way to nudge through um, all the noise out there and get people's bloody attention and get their eyeballs on your stuff and kind of just saying the same old shit in a different way is not working and that's why your ads don't work that's why they're expensive that's why people then go oh, I'm now going to create a TikTok account and do that or I'm going to do YouTube ads no let me tell you the same thing's going to happen over there it is the yeah. essence it is the backbone it is the foundation of everything in related to direct marketing um and I just feel so passionate about that and helping more people understand that because there is a lot of information out there but in my opinion it's surface I mean, I went yeah. through a very well-known male coaches course that I had, I had access to, and I just cherry-picked certain areas, and one of them was your webinar sign-up page, and he had this 30-minute presentation about how to do an effective webinar sign-up page. Uh, let's play a little game. How long in minutes do you think he spent talking about the headline of a webinar sign-up page? Just take a guess. Uh, probably about seven no two minutes and 40 seconds now tell me unless you are a copywriter who on this earth can write an effective webinar hook headline hook the thing that makes people want to click through or sign up tell me what could he possibly have said in two minutes and 40 seconds that would leave you going do you know what i've got it i know what yeah no that's the thing though isn't it because when you're if we think about all of these businesses that come to us for help, they're not copywriters. They're people that have a thing that they want to sell and they're good at that thing. That's great. But yeah, two minutes. Yeah. It's not long enough, is it? You can barely tell me how to make pancakes in two minutes and 40 seconds. (laughs) Let alone write a really effective webinar. Because, you know, the headline is one of the biggest things on any landing page. You know, and yeah. in, in that filters right back through to the ad. If that's not good enough, people aren't clicking, people aren't signing up. So that's a whole topic in itself. That deserved the 30-minute conversation. How to write effective headlines deserves more than 30, sorry, 30 minutes. 
yeah. to talk about. So, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault that, you know, you're buying these kind of cookie cutter courses. I help a lot of people with evergreen funnels. That's predominantly what I work with. So uh, sign up for the webinar, watch the webinar, go to the sales page, buy the thing. Yeah. Um, and there are many, many courses out there which help people build evergreen webinars because they want to, they want that passive income. They want that. Oh, I've woken up and I've had five sales overnight kind of utopia. And there are a lot of courses that teach this. I've been through the most, most of the biggest ones because either a client has given me access to say, I want to follow this model or I have bought it myself. And I have always, always felt so underwhelmed when it comes to anything that I call the real nitty gritty, the, the, the kind of persuasive genius that you need to filter and layer over the top of any funnel that you've got so that you stand out and you grab the attention of the right people. How many times are people saying, oh, I've, you know, I've got, I'm, I've got freebie hunters joining my list or, oh, I've done a launch and everyone was so engaged, but no one bought or, um, oh, I've just launched this low ticket um, product and I've done all, spent ages doing the funnel and building all the pages and making the content and now I'm running ads to it and they said it was easy, but no one's buying. Like how often do we hear that? And sometimes it's because the offer's not good enough. But a lot of the time, like you say, these people are really good at what they do, but they are just packaging it wrong. It's like having a Tiffany bracelet and wrapping it in brown poopy paper. Like <laughs> you, you've got gold. You've got absolute gold that can really help people and really change people's lives. But the packaging that you're putting it in, i.e. the messaging and the hook and the marketing mumbo jumbo is, for lack of a, one a, better, for lack of a better word, crap. So yeah. it, it doesn't work and it doesn't fly. And so to answer your story, you answer way back in the beginning, over the last 18 months, I've decided to kind of still have ads as an offer, but it's like a back-end offer. I really yeah. feel passionate about helping people take the funnel they already have and layer over persuasion triggers and neuromarketing over the top of it so that they can maximize that funnel and turn it into a profitable funnel you don't always have to scrap the thing you've already built you just need to layer it with this stuff to make it more tacky to make it more noticeable um and and that's kind of the my real sort of like get me standing on a street corner with a megaphone and that's what I'll be talking about till the cows come home because it's, it's <laughs> everywhere. It's everywhere that people have this problem and it's actually a really simple fix. And I'd also like to add, I am not a copywriter. So all of the stuff that I teach is stuff that works for non-copywriters because quite honestly, if you're a copywriter, you don't need this. But the majority of people who are running businesses are not copywriters. So you need to yeah. find the tools and the tactics and the ways that makes sense for somebody who finds like writing copy hard or finds um, marketing their business hard or, you know, doesn't really like it, doesn't want to come across salesy or sleazy or pushy or all those other feelings as well. There is a real ethical way to do this where you just light up people's, your idle customer's brain and they go, oh my God, thank you so, so much for showing up in my newsfeed or in my life because I was only saying that the other day that that's how I feel about that problem and there you are with a solution for that exact situation. And when that happens, it's marketing magic. It's absolutely, like, it's glorious to watch happen. I've worked with many clients where we've taken what they've got. I can give you one example of a coach who worked in the mindset space and she had this landing page for a webinar 
and it had all the kind of usual mistakes, which are overused jargon, words that don't really mean anything. Um, it wasn't really results driven. So people didn't really know what they were going to get. Um, and it was conversing at 16%. We took it, we run it through our audit, we chopped it, chopped it up, and we moved it around. Um, and hypothetically, not really. Um, and <laughs> we spat it back out again. And then we turned on new ads, which were in alignment with that, and then 47% sign up. You know, it went from 16 to 47%. She didn't change the webinar, which is what it was for. She didn't change the webinar. She didn't change her offer. She didn't change the ultimate result that she was offering. She just packaged it differently. And it was an instant overnight change. So It's so interesting, though, that the, I think the only thing that I can kind of see from personal experience, so kind of you saying, like, a lot of people, that's what I hear all the time. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy. And I'm like, but you don't, you don't have to be those things. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a copywriter. In fact, I openly say I suck at writing copy because I, I do. I'm trying to get better at it. That's all any of us can ever do. Um, but interestingly, so one of my group programs, um, when I changed, when I changed a bit of text, so I spent 17 hours doing market research mm-hmm. on Zoom calls just to talk to people. Mm-hmm. What are you struggling with? What do you need help with? Well, you know, where do you want to get to? And there's one sentence, and I think a lot of people, when I've told them, have been really, really shocked. But I feel like this is my only kind of direct comparison to what you do. Um, is that I put on there, wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to go to the post office every day to take your orders? And actually, the royal man came and collected from your property you have that many orders because you have to there's you know you have to send out a quantity of orders to qualify for that and that got me I think about 10 out of the 13 people that have been through that group program that one sentence because that's what they all desire that's what they want they want to send enough parcels to qualify for that thing so all of a sudden Oh my god, that's what I want. The rest of the copy on that page was probably crap. I'm not, well, it, I'm not gonna it, lie. It, probably, it probably wasn't, but let's analyze that because they use yours in a, as an example. What did you say? Did you, or did you say anything that alluded to that in the in the old version of the copy? No. I mean, it was it was more it was kind of more not fluffy per se, but like you said, it was more kind of I don't I don't do jargon. I do overly simplified words um in every aspect of my life but it was more kind of you know we can help you make more sales more money gain more freedom that's what i call that's what i call jargon because it's fluff because it's yeah it's 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 like saying to my biggest pet peeve is the one it's an f word not the f word because i love that f word can you guess what (laughs) can you guess what my biggest pet peeve f word is freedom yes i hate that word in copy i hate it because freedom means is so subjective yeah it means so many different things to different people me as a mum of a nine-year-old when i was starting my business when he was two three freedom meant just picking him up from the childminders at 4 p.m on the dot you know um you know, freedom. And the difference in that, if you were to use that sentence, you know, be there to pick your child up straight after school versus freedom, you can already well, see, I mean. you can already hear the freedom difference. Freedom was like ability to go into Marks and Spencer's and just buy what I want and not have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, freedom to uh, go to the 10 a.m. spin class and, yeah. you know, I, I didn't feel one ounce of guilt about it. Freedom of mum guilt, full stop. I had no mum guilt. Like, you know, 
So don't, don't, this is the biggest mistake I see that people think they know what their idle customer wants and they go, oh, my idle customer's overwhelmed and they want freedom and they want more sales. What do they really want? So yep. your example there of the Royal Mail coming to you because you're that much of a baller now that the Royal Mail will come to you to take your posts from your doorstep. What's the, what's the subver- subversive, subversive context to that? You know, you don't have to say it. You're doing an example of showing what that means. So your people know that that means, oh, well, I'm getting, I don't know how many, 20 orders, 50 orders a day. So that means that now I'm earning more. That means that I'm now doing better. That means I'm more successful. That means I now have the prestige of that. That means that I can then free up my time to do more things. That one statement triggered off in their brain so many other subconscious thoughts and if you yeah. said, oh, I'll teach you how to make more sales, <laughs> no one's listening. Everyone's yeah. saying that. Sorry. Move on. Next slide. Thumb scroll. Like, was if you said, I will show you how to have such a successful business that in two weeks, Royal Mail is coming to collect the orders from your doorstep rather than you trekking down to the post office every day. Oh, sorry. I know who it's for. I know exactly what, your, what the result is. I know exactly how far I am away from that. And you're speaking my language because that's been either a conscious or an unconscious goal of mine. Yeah. And that was the biggest difference that I saw. And it was, it was amazing. And I think it was just at that point when I, when I saw the difference, Mm. I was like, I'm so glad. It it felt like a hard slog to sit on Zoom for 17 hours. (laughs) It does. It does. I've got, you know, the words that they're using now is the only words that go on that page so is that kind of is that an example of persuasion triggers it's one example I mean that's an overarching kind of umbrella I think I've covered there in in the fact that you want to essentially what persuasive triggers are there are if for example if I take a sales page there's about 27 I want to see I actually have a an actual process that I follow Uh, there are 27 persuasion triggers some critical some not critical um, that I want to see on a sales page that will tell me whether this sales page is going to cut the mustard or not. Um, your example that you've given there is an example of how how you could phrase one of them. But there okay. could also be um, many other different types of persuasion triggers that you can pull in. So for example, one of the things I see people being hesitant to do is to offer urgency especially in evergreen webinar funnels or evergreen funnels full full stop they're like oh i'm just going to put deadline funnel on it and then that gives them a four-day window to buy and they'll just buy in that four-day window because they feel the pressure of that no they won't you know in some niches more than others you have real fence sitters i was speaking to a client the other day and she works with people who women who want kind of a life change and she works in the mindset space again um, and this kind of intangible space is they're the, probably the most guilty of this because it's really hard to make the intangible tangible or they yeah. they feel it's hard. It, it actually yeah. isn't, but they feel it's hard. So it's all this kind of fluffy, woolly language like, oh, I'll get you to connect with your uh, you know, true self and stop living a small life and live big and all these kind of terms, right? And I said to her, this woman that you're describing to me doesn't even buy herself the expensive coffee at the supermarket. And then you are expecting her to watch a 30-minute webinar and then drop $2,000 with you. 
It ain't happening unless you really give her a reason to. Unless you spark off throughout the whole of your funnel this kind of persuasive argument. These, and you've got to do different ones at different types of different stages of the funnel. But this kind of persuasive argument that makes them ultimately go, oh, my God, this person knows me better than anyone else. Oh, my God, this, ha this person has a proprietary solution that I, quite frankly, can't get anywhere else. The only way I'm going to get to Z, as in from A to Z, the only place I'm, the only way I'm going to get to Z is through this person and through this process. Um, and they've answered all the kind of inner belief kind of questions that I have about, do I have time for this? Is this right for me? Will this work for me? They've answered all of those kind of like questions as well. When you do that compacted in a funnel, and, and that could take, that could happen in a day for some markets, that could happen over the course of weeks for some markets, it depends. But when you do that and you layer that over your funnel, you have just 10x, 20x, 50x the potential of that funnel being successful. Because no one buys, you know, think about anything that you've bought online. Let's say, think about the last kind of, I don't know, course that you've bought or the last low ticket item that you bought, like, I don't know, email templates, for example, let's say. You know, you are not going to, even if it's $27, for example, you're still going to feel some resistance to that, you know, because let's be honest, $27, majority of business owners can afford. So it's not price that's the problem. So why aren't these 27 offers flying off the shelves when you get them in front of the right people? It's because they don't, they don't, they don't fully understand or fully get why it's worth that and why it's going to change their current state. Yeah. So how do, how would somebody, you know, how do you find these persuaders? How do you find what that looks like, what that means for the end person? So one thing I've been, uh, I've been working on a group coaching course and actually I was working on this module this morning and essentially what you did with your 17 hours, was it, of Zoom calls? <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, that's the unsexy work you guys need to do. Yeah. And, and this is kind of the premise of why also I believe that a lot of people don't know their idle customer at the ninja level that you need to know them at. Like I said earlier, people will say, oh, my idle customer is overwhelmed. <laughs> is she actually ever saying that word? Or is that yeah. an umbrella term for some other feelings and emotions? Yeah. You know, um, you know, when this fictitious woman that's feeling overwhelmed sits down with her girlfriends, what is she saying? How is she describing this problem? What's her inner dialogue like? You know, when, let's take weight loss, because that's a, kind of a, a, an example we can all kind of understand to some extent. You know, if, say if I was a health coach and I'm helping women lose weight, um, they may feel uh, an, an emotion, they may feel a, a, an umbrella fluffy term emotion, they may feel is frustrated. You're frustrated that you can't lose weight. You're frustrated that you've tried all the diets and they don't seem to work. Really, Yes, frustrated is an emotion that they feel. But really what you need to do is that's the above the iceberg feeling. You want to go kind of below the iceberg. And the below the iceberg is what kind of triggers that? What are the phrases and um, inner dialogue and kind of the real nitty gritty stuff that mm. triggers that frustration? So, for example, it could be that they feel frustrated because they turned down uh, opportunities to go out and socialize because they don't like anything that they're wearing. You know, every piece of clothing yeah. that they put on, they're like, 
look ugly in that, look fat in that, not wearing it. And they're because they couldn't get their jeans done up. Couldn't get their jeans done up, or you know, um, they're frustrated in possibly the fact that they it's holding them back for going for bigger things in their life. Maybe a job interview or scaling their business. Maybe showing up online. They don't want to do videos or whatever. So the umbrella term is like frustrated, but actually, you want to know all the all the under the iceberg stuff. And exactly as you said, the easiest and quickest way to get that is by speaking to them. And I actually may change that <laughs> to listen to them. Yes. I bet you any yeah. money on that 17 hours, you probably didn't say that much. No. And it was the weirdest thing ever because I was like, I've asked to talk to them, but I probably just asked the question. Mm. And then, you know, there was, the, there was the occasional kind of, can I just clarify that little mm-hmm. bit? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? But apart from that, yeah, it was just... It's gold. And it almost, the amount of people that after, after the call were like, I feel so much lighter. I feel like I just had therapy. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like you've just had therapy. Hot damn. <laughs> I know. I did 22 interviews a couple of summers back. Very oh, similar process. I tried to condense them down to 20 minutes because I knew I might lose the will to live because I did them over two days. So it was really intense. Um, but what was good about doing it that way was I kept on seeing the same themes. I kept on seeing the same kind of essence said in different, slightly different nuances. And I was paying attention to that. I was actively listening for that. You know, none of them, I've talked about Facebook ads. I was talking about them doing their own Facebook ads. You know, none of them said, oh, I'm confused about Facebook ads. Like some of them were really pissed off. Some of them were like, it's an, one th- I remember one person said, it's a necessary evil in my business. And I was like, wow, you know, Whoa, I never, never would have, I would never would have thought of phrasing it that way. Um, and I was like, yeah. what an absolute copy gem, you know, what I would totally test that. Do you feel like Facebook ads are a necessary evil in your business? What a great one first liner for an ad or, you know, a landing page or something like I never would have thought that up. I never would. Yeah. I know you could have given me hours of paper, reams of paper and a whiteboard and as much chill hop music as I can possibly muster. And I never would have come <laughs> up with that line. And she just gave it to me. She just gave it to me. And another one was like, again, little things like, cause I'm an ads manager all the time. Um, I, I know how, how it works and how, how, what buttons to click and where to go and all the rest of that. And one of them said, oh, I don't run ads all the time. So I do them probably every three months sporadically when I'm building up to something. And then I go into ads manager and it's all changed. And I'm like, what the frick is this? And again, I never, ever, ever would have thought that because as much as you try, if you are somebody that's helping people who, who, if if you have gone through the pain of the problem yourself, and now you help people with that pain point, you are at the other side of the rainbow. It's really difficult to look back objectively and go, how did I feel when I had that pain? When I was overweight, how did I feel? You'll probably have, again, above iceberg kind of thoughts, but those real below the iceberg things you've either forgotten or in denial about um, or or just didn't acknowledge because they were so subconscious. Um, And so that's another thing that I see is a lot of transformative coaches or a lot of coaches in the health and wellness space, they and business coaches to some extent, they go, oh, I've done this and now I help other people do that. 
And then they think they don't need to speak to their people anymore. They don't need to do that market research. Oh, I know, because I've been through it. I know. You've been, you know how you experienced it. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. It's another subjective thing, isn't it? How you might have felt about it is not necessarily how the hundreds of people that you want to sell to feel about it. So 100%. 100%. Yeah. So it's, it's about doing that unsexy work. (laughs) Yeah. That that and it is unsexy. Yeah, well. <laughs> do and you kind of find five thousand other things to do that you feel kind of more important. But this is this is why I get on my soapbox about it because if you just imagine anyone listening to this, just imagine if you had a Google Doc full of phrases, um, statements, uh, explanations, keywords, key emotions that you could tap into at any time for your social media posts, for your next live video, for your next Instagram reel, for your next promotion, for your next landing page, your next sales page. Don't tell me that that isn't worthy work. It's just no one really wants to do it. And you as a perfect example there, those 17 hours, you know, made you write a better sales page, which you attribute one kind of gem that they gave you to 10 of your sales. Had you not done that, would it have happened? Who knows? But you probably, it's the fast track. It's the fast yeah. track. You know, people buy all these templates and, I, and I'm not anti-templates. I love it. I mean, I love a good template. I mean, believe me, if there's a shortcut, I'll, 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 I'll use it. I'll find it. Um, and people buy all these kind of copy templates and things, but none of that is going to work if you still don't know this information. If you still yeah. don't understand where, I, I saw this phrase and I, uh, this quote, and I can't remember who said it, forgive me, um, it was some kind of copywriting guru, I think back from, I don't know when, but he said, you've got to join the conversation that's happening in their head already. And that's a really great way to put it. I think when you start promoting something, don't try and persuade them into thinking something completely different or educate them that this whole thing that that's, that you're doing a ABC and actually you need to do X, Y, Z you know, you need to join the conversation. You need to bridge that gap somewhat with the with what's happening in their head already. And when you do that, especially from an ads perspective, that's how you get high click through rates. That's how you get low signups or or low cost sales. Is because people see the ad and go, "Oh my God, she's talking to me. How did she know? I only said that the other day." Or that's exactly how I feel about that problem. Um, And this is slightly about being more specific, but also really using triggers, persuasive triggers and their own language kind of back to them, like holding up a mirror back to them in an ethical way. All this stuff is ethical. When it's done, you don't even know it's being done to you when it's done well. Yeah. In actual fact. And that's the thing, isn't it? Marketing is great when it doesn't feel like marketing. Exactly. I was just about to say, when they don't do it, that's in my opinion, when it feels salesy and hypey. Yeah, is because it's like they're yeah. forcing it on you and they're forcing their opinion on you or, you know, trying to give you these big, bold, massive claims like do this, like lose 10 pounds a day with our new blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no one's believing you. No one's listening. You know, I said I our could... BS barometers. Yes! Are out. We, we know. Yes. We know. I said this the other day. I said if I was a health coach or something or I help people lose weight, you know, if I wanted to zig whilst everyone else is, was zagging, everyone else, if the 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 zag, so what everyone else is doing is like, uh, I'll get you bikini ready or I'll get you back into your, you know, the body you had when you were 21 or, um, you know, I'll make you feel your best self or, 
no muffin top on your jeans or whatever. Here's my pitch if I was a health coach, because what I like about this angle is it's diversive, it's provocative, it's going to repel or attract, and that's what you want to do. So my pitch would be, hi, I'm Jackie, I'm a health coach, and I help you have sex with the lights on. Yep, sold. Because really, that's the, that's the conversation happening in her head. Yeah. yeah, she might be saying my jeans don't fit anymore. Yeah, she might be saying, oh gosh, I've got nothing to wear to this event I'm going to the next couple of weeks. Maybe I won't go. But really, the deep stuff, the stuff that's like Pandora's box is I pull away when my husband touches me. You know, our relationship is suffering because, you know, we're not intimate anymore because I just feel so horrible about how I feel or that, that, that. Again, if you did it in the right way, if you did it with empathy and you did it with grace, it's not icky. Yeah, I was going to say icky. <laughs> yeah, it's not icky. You know, and I think most people can do that because most people have common sense about that. Most people know yeah. where that barometer is. Um, you know, and, and again, this health, this fictitious Jackie health coach, that could be her whole brand that she's just super brash and super in your face and just says it as it is, in which case that promotion is in line alignment. Um, so it's about that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? I feel like I've gone on a tangent, but does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, uh, and anybody that's listened to this, that has listened to me before I rant and rave about a guy called James Smith, who pretty much he's an online PT and he does exactly what you've just said. Um, you know, he turns up, he does Facebook lives and Instagram lives and calls people fat C words. Oh, so, wow. oh, wow. He's really going for it then. Yeah. And you know, he is Marmite. He, you either love him or you hate him. And yeah you'll find that the people that love him you know he's sunday times bestseller because he wrote two books and people love him so you know it's i've talked a lot about attracting and repelling people when um especially on the podcast because i've had a couple of people that have said to me oh i, I really want your help or blah 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 i really want to work with you but i don't like the fact that you swear mm. and i'm like cool so we're not going to work together then because if you can't handle that then um peace out because that that's me unfortunately yeah so um yeah exactly there's a lot to be said for attracting and repelling and I think so many people are scared to repel because again that fear of judgment and blah 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 well that's it and also if you dive deep into why do people not want to come across salesies because they don't want to not be liked yeah that's it again above the iceberg I don't want to be salesy below the iceberg I just want people to like me you know yeah that's actually really what's going on. And that's a primal fear, fear of being judged or fear of being ostracized or fear of not being included. It's a primal fear. It's very real, very deep, very intrinsic, runs through all of us. I think I think if anybody said they didn't have that fear on some level, they're lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you again, this is the stuff where the stuff I'm talking about with like persuasion triggers is you can you can mold it to however feels best for you. So this isn't a copy and paste kind of thing. So it's it's about taking what you want to happen in their brain. So you, you want these kind of like synapses to fire off in their brain. And how you do that is up to you. But you the, the result that you want to happen in the brain is, is static, if that, if that yep. makes sense. So I could give my persuasive triggers to two people with two different sales pages in the same niche and they will write completely different pages or have completely different promotion paths towards that but they are still ticking the boxes because that's what it's about you've got to no funnel exists without 
kind of building that rapport, building that relatability without having that aha, without having that kind of like superior offer put out there and, and that claim, and those proofs is how how you do it is completely on brand and up to you. You just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. If you want better results, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this is, I've just conscious of the time. This has been such a cool conversation. I feel like I've definitely learned a lot and um, I hope anybody that's listening has as well. So for anybody that has listened to this, thinks you're amazing and would like to work with you, find out more, follow you, whatever, where can people find you and get in touch? So just head to JackieMuscat.com and you'll find me there or uh, Facebook or Instagram, same name. So you'll find me there. Amazing. And I will put quick links in the show notes so that you can get to those places super duper quick. Thank you so much for your time, Jackie. Honestly, it's been amazing. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.